BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Have you ever wanted to live a little bit more of a natural and holistic lifestyle for the sake of your well-being and your family's well-being, as well as to be a little bit more self-sustaining, but just felt really confused on where to start, especially if you can't just like up and move to a farm tomorrow? Look, when I first started my holistic wellness journey, I remember I felt so overwhelmed. There's so much information all over the internet nowadays, and it's so hard to discern and to know which brands are truly clean and how do I source food locally and where do I even begin with all this stuff, especially if I have a busy life and I live maybe in an apartment or a suburban life, or I just don't have like goats in my backyard to go milk, you know, like how, how do I do this? And, um, it can be really overwhelming. So what I did is I wanted to take the guesswork out of it for you, because I think one of the biggest things that holds so many of us back is not only the financial side of it and the worry that it's going to be more expensive, but also the time. Most of us don't have months or years to invest in researching and reading labels and figuring out how to do that and doing all this research on our own. So we just don't, and we kind of get stuck. So what I wanted to do is create a quick start guide for you. And it's called the lifestyle overhaul guide. It is a step-by-step quick start guide to living a more natural and sustainable life. And it is laid out in a step-by-step format. It covers everything from budgeting for these changes to really reducing stress and creating a more sustainable schedule and lifestyle in terms of your time to cleaning up the products in your home and reducing your toxin burden, how to really start with that and what to prioritize and how to do that in a budget-friendly way to sourcing more food locally, shortening your supply chain, being less reliant on the grocery store and big food systems, and starting to really use the resources in your local community. I'm giving you all the best resources on how to find those things, how to source those things, and how to get started right where you are. So if that sounds like something you need, you can tap the link in the show notes on this episode, or just go to jordanleedooley.com slash lifestyle dash overhaul to check out all the details and grab yourself a copy. Think of immune stimulating as the attacker. Mm -hmm. So anything immune stimulating is going to go attack a foreign invader. Mm -hmm. So if you have a cough or cold, you're going to take something that's going to stimulate your immune system into action. Mm -hmm. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Mm -hmm. It's going to like make the immune system more prone to be able to work properly Mm -hmm. during that acute phase. Mm -hmm. Immune modulating is think of defense. Mm -hmm. So it's all the vitamins, minerals, nutrients, herbs that you're going to do that help prime that immune system for a potential attack. Mm -hmm. So you'd think immune modulating is like immune support. Mm -hmm. And so what I always recommend is that keep both. So Mm -hmm. keep both on hand. My favorite immune stimulating supplement is also immune modulating and that's echinacea. Mm -hmm. So I absolutely, I think everyone should have that. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. 
Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Dr. Mayer, welcome to She. Hi, how are you today, Jordan? Good, good. I'm so thankful to have you here. I would love if maybe just to start off, because I, I could say like a million things. I love so much of what you share, and I I could probably give you my own intro, but I want to hear from you, um, just for those who may not be familiar with you. Can you share a little bit of your story and what led you to study medicine and take a special interest in things like immune health? Most people actually don't know the story as to why I got into medicine, so I'm mm. glad you asked. I was actually sick, so mm. probably... 15 years ago, no, it's probably almost 20 years ago now, I wasn't well and I saw a couple different doctors. They all wanted to prescribe different medicines. One was an antidepressant. The other one was, I think, an anxiolytic. And I was just thinking, common sense to me, I'm not deficient in an antidepressant. That's not the reason why I'm not, mm. I'm not well. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing my own research mm-hmm. and doing my own research led me to medical school. So Mm -hmm. I figured if no one else can help me, then I'm going to figure out how to help myself. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's so interesting. Sometimes it's like the thing that we struggle with that leads us to diving deep into that topic, you know, like whether it's chronic illness or immune, you know, challenges or something else, or maybe not health related at all. But I feel like so often people find their calling through like the cross they have to carry or like the hardship that they are struggling with. And they're trying to figure out answers to or solutions to. And I love that that's kind of part of your story as much as I don't love that you were sick. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I I find that with many of the people Mm -hmm. I speak with who Mm -hmm. are entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. or whatever path they lead in life Mm -hmm. is that it was their own struggle that they went through. And I never in a million years thought I would be here. I was a performance specialist to the NFL and Mm. the NBA. And I thought I was all about athletes and that's what Mm. I wanted to do. And then Mm. here I am, you know, working with parents and helping them with their struggles and I'm helping, you know, older people with their hormone issues. And Mm. I love it because it's now my passion. I've lived it. I've been through it. I know what it's like not to know the answer. And so um, this is, it's, this is what I love and you're right. Yeah, that's awesome. Did So did you decide, had you already started a career doing something else and then you decided to go to medical school? Is that what happened? Yeah, I was okay. I, I was working um, as a, I graduated with an exercise science degree. Okay. I was a collegiate, I was a swimmer in college mm-hmm. at the Ohio State University and I just wanted to be involved in athletics. That's mm-hmm. what I thought I wanted to do. I wanted to train other athletes and mm-hmm. I got the curveball, you know, well, I got yep, sick and yep. Now I do get to work with athletes and I do get to take care of athletes, but in a different way, yeah. I'm not training their bodies. I'm right. actually helping to support their bodies so that they can train themselves. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Well, one thing I want to touch on is I know more and more research is being done to explore the connection between the immune system and other aspects of our health. Um, can you explain a little bit of the connection that is being found between gut health and the immune system? Uh, I love this so much because probiotics hopped on the scene probably like big to do over a decade ago. And it was, you know, we as naturopathic doctors talked about them to our patients and the the general medical community, the conventional medical community poo-pooed it. And I just love the research coming out. Now we know that 70 to 90% of our immune system is actually housed in the gut Mm -hmm. and 
it's such a cool thing to know that the lining of the gut, our gut mucosal lining Mm -hmm. is somewhat similar to the mucosal lining in our lungs Mm -hmm. and in our nose. And so we we're able to kind of put this all together because we know that uh, the defense in our gut is just like the defense with our immune system. And Mm -hmm. where we have, um, we have these little micro, all these little microbiota, like all these bugs and viruses mm-hmm. that live in our digestive tract, and they're supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we see that they are now sending signals out to our systemic system through our blood to mm-hmm. help with the immune system and and to help work with the immune system and our immune defenses, and 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 it all works together. So mm-hmm. our neuroimmune system, our GI tract, is part of that, mm-hmm. and um, we are learning that. When we do have issues like uh, gut imbalances, gut flora imbalances, or leaky gut syndrome, we are more prone to infection. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and I see with kids all the time, you know, I I started practicing medicine about 12 years ago and I see, and I haven't, I, I've, I wasn't, you know, one of those doctors who's been practicing for 30 years. So I don't know what, mm-hmm. you know, nutrition looked like and how kids health looked 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. But in the last 10 years of seeing patients, you know, I really see that direct connection between what we're eating and what what we're surrounding ourselves in our environment and how that's affecting our immune response and our our gut. So if a kiddo is constipated, we are potentially going to see more infections in that kid um, during the fall and winter season because the gut plays such an important role in our immune system. Wow. That makes so much sense. That's so fascinating. (laughs) I mean, it's like, it's like once you kind of break it down, it's like, oh yeah, obviously, (laughs) but it's not something you generally put together. You almost like, I think so often in medicine and just general conversations, it gets separated in conversation. Um, Well, if you have a sick kid, you think that I got to take them to the immunologist mm-hmm. because the conventional medical model has broken our body parts. Mm-hmm. All of our organ systems are a different specialty. Mm-hmm. And so I I see that parents are saying, well, my kid has an issue with chronic infections. Like, why are they getting a cold all the time? Mm-hmm. And then I say, all right, well, let's talk about, is your kid pooping daily? Mm-hmm. They're like, they look at me kind of with two heads. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And so I have to make that connection yeah. with them. It's it's kind of like eczema and allergies. Mm-hmm. You go to a dermatologist is what you think you do. So if I have eczema, go see the dermatologist. Mm-hmm. That's actually an immune issue. Mm-hmm. You should be talking to an immunologist. Mm-hmm. And so I love, I love how foundational and integrative medicine is now looking to, you know, put all of our organ systems together. They yeah. all work as one. Yeah. They all work as one. And I do like social media for that reason. So, mm-hmm. you know, parents are learning all of this because their doctors aren't necessarily explaining so much about how all of these systems work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. That's where I started to learn like, oh, <laughs> this is all like integrated and connected, not pieced out, you know? So, and then you're able to, it's tough. Cause like, I think I'm sure you could speak to this maybe even from a provider perspective, but I think doctors, sometimes when you come in with like newfound knowledge that maybe you learned on social media or that kind of maybe triggered you something on social media triggered you to research. Sometimes doctors are like, Oh, don't bring in your Google degree or, you know, your Instagram degree or whatever. So what's your thought on that? Uh, well, first it's a big bummer because I think knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And so, um, there is inappropriate information out there, Mm -hmm. but I also believe that, um, even if you do bring that to a doctor that we should be able to talk you through it. Mm -hmm. I, 
I love it when people bring me information from Google. I love it when they said, hey, I've looked up this medicine or I've looked up these nutrients. What do you think? Or can you teach me more? I'm in a really great place where when I um, am seeing patients, they actually are paying out of pocket. I'm not I'm not sold. I haven't sold myself down to the insurance um, mm-hmm. pathway. Mm-hmm. So I see where for me, I can sit with you for an hour and we can go over all of that. Mm-hmm. But for a regular physician billing insurance, mm-hmm. it's not their fault. They might have seven or 10 minutes with you. Mm-hmm. So I, I can see where, you know, bringing a mountain of information from Google is going to probably stress out a doctor because they know mm-hmm. they don't have much time with you and they're well-versed in medicines. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, symptom management um, and, and the tide's changing. And I think some doctors, more doctors are, are more receptive, but this insurance model has got to change. Like we have got to be preventatively working with patients, yeah. not, not reactive medicine. And so I, I, I empathize with a doctor who does receive a mountain of information mm-hmm. because they don't have time to go through it. Me, on the other hand, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, wow, the more information you can give me, the better. Yeah. So, but I also know that, mm-hmm. um, a personality trait of, of physicians is there's, there's more of an arrogance Mm -hmm. in personality Mm -hmm. with, with physicians. It's just, you know, it's our personality type. So I can also see how that plays as well. It's like, well, don't you know that I went to medical school for eight years or whatever? So I know better. Um, but, but they were only taught one way. So Mm -hmm. they were taught to treat with medicines when there's so many other modalities to treat with. So I, I, it bums me out. I wish that it was different. I wish that mm-hmm. all of us doctors could do what we do. Yeah. Our our mission is doctor as teacher. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one of the oaths that we took in practice. And I don't think that we get to, not me personally, but I, I believe a lot of doctors don't actually get to offer that in that practice, yeah. which is a bummer yeah. because we have so much to teach. Yeah. And I I'm, I love how you kind of broke down the, the root problem of that too, because I think a lot of people have maybe been feeling like they've been burned by the medical system or like their doctor that they worked with didn't care. And while there probably certainly are providers like that, I think the root issue isn't even that doctors, you know, want to be dismissive or want to write people off or don't want to be able to go deeper. It's just that the way that the insurance model is, is set up, it doesn't really allow them the space and time to be able to dive into those things with people. So it's like kind of setting them up for failure in that regard. Um, And I think people need to hear like, it's probably not that your doctor doesn't care about you or doesn't want to help you find root causes. They just don't have like, it's just literally not set up to help them do that. Exactly. I agree with you 100%. So I I, I hope that people can be a little bit more understanding of Mm -hmm. how, how, what a doctor's hands are generally tied in many ways. Mm -hmm. And so to be understanding that that is part of the case. Yeah. um, uh, it, it helps me to be a little bit more understanding when a doctor dismisses a patient, yeah. however that looks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Okay. Another question I want to touch on, we talked a little bit about the connection between gut health and immune health. Can we also maybe touch on if there's a connection between adrenal health or adrenals and the immune system? Yeah. So, so it's kind of just like speaking about the gut. So mm-hmm. part of the neuroimmune health model mm-hmm. involves the endocrine system and okay. inside the endocrine system, you know, are, are the adrenals. Mm-hmm. And it was just up until very recently um, that, you know, our adrenal glands are supposed to release hormones and mm-hmm. glucocorticoids mm-hmm. Uh, like cortisol. 
But it was just recently where we found out that it actually has a lot to do with the immune system and the role the immune system plays as well. So in my own practice, I noticed that when patients have issues with cortisol, so either too low of cortisol, flipped cortisol at different times of the day. So real quick, let me just tell you, cortisol is kind of like your 24-hour circadian rhythm. It helps you to know when to sleep. Uh, It helps you know when to wake up. And it gives you kind of that boost of energy to be able to do both of those. Mm -hmm. And I find that my patients who had issues with their cortisol, we do what's called a cortisol times four challenge. So you spit into a little tube four Mm -hmm. times during the day and I can get your rhythm. Mm -hmm. Um, We find those patients who have issues with their cortisol, they have um, much more recurrent infection. So Mm -hmm. they're much more prone to the cough, the cold, flus, viruses, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And that's what the research is now showing. And so that's kind of cool to be able to put all of these pieces together that Mm -hmm. know your adrenals are your fight or flight. Mm -hmm. If you ain't got much fight or flight, um, you didn't got much energy, you're also not going to have much of an immune response to a pathogen Mm -hmm. or something that comes your way. So again, it's those it's, you can't have one without the other. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the immune system. It's the gut. It's the adrenals. It's the nervous system. They all have to work together in this beautiful symbiotic relationship so that we um, have this defense mechanism when Mm -hmm. we do see something in the environment. Like, yeah, makes sense. Bacteria, viruses. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I've learned a lot on adrenal health in the last couple of years and I find it so fascinating, but I've never really thought about it in connection with the, the body's ability to fight off illness and the immune system, you know, the, the wellness of the immune system. So that's really fascinating to me. Um, for those who are curious about this, what suggestions do you have for supporting the adrenals, both for adults and for children? And why can't you just supplement your way out of adrenal issues? I'd love your thought on that. Um, so, so here's the thing with the adrenal glands. If, if we are, we live in a, in a society of overstress, we're overtaxed, overstressed, mm-hmm. and the same thing is happening with our kids. They're not getting much sleep. They're ingesting environmental toxins. Um, the foods that we're choosing are not great. And so we find that uh, with adrenal support mm-hmm. in terms of B vitamins and vitamins A and C and D uh, are super helpful for stress support. Mm-hmm. And I formulated a focus um, supplement. It's called Focus and Attention that has these. So it has ginseng and it has rhodiola. Mm-hmm. I love if anyone's into mushrooms, cordyceps. So parents look at me and they're like, I'm supposed to give my kid herbs. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so I was like, well, you know, you're not actually handing them, you know, a powder or a root to chew on. Mm-hmm. So they are in a glycerite. They are generally tasty. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are super helpful in, in adaptogenic herbs is what we call them. So mm-hmm. if you Google it online, you can find ashwagandha and rhodiola are favorites of mine. Cordyceps are favorites of mine, but also all of your vitamins. So your B vitamin status, your vitamin C, your vitamin D, your vitamin A. I talk about these vitamins and minerals all of the time. And it's not just for one specific part of the body. It literally, I could tell you that those vitamins support every process in your body. Mm -hmm. So it's not specific sport support to adrenals. Mm -hmm. It's support to the entire body, but most specifically adrenal glands mm-hmm. um, with vitamins, zinc, A, C, and D. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't normally need to support those pathways. So if you're getting nutritious foods, I, I don't, 
I don't like to say that I don't like to be that doctor who says don't take this medicine, mm-hmm. but take this herb. Mm-hmm. So I, like you said, it's not cool to try to supplement your way out of anything mm-hmm. actually, mm-hmm. but with adrenal health, that was actually the diagnosis for me. Mm-hmm. I figured out when I was sick was my adrenal health. I was overtaxed and overtired. Mm-hmm. If you want to support your adrenals, the best way to do that is stress relief mm-hmm. and sleep. Like those are the best things to do. And it doesn't happen overnight. You can't supplement yourself to getting your adrenals back in shape. I mean, you really do have to do those root cause practices, which is, you know, rest and recovery and hydration and, you know, all the things that we say and people look at me like, yeah, I know those things, but like, what can I take? I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, Cause we all want to like magic ah. pill. Cause that's what our society has taught us. Like the quick fix magic pill. Yes. Like, that doesn't actually work though. It just band-aids things. Yes, but yeah. if you do truly have a kid with ADHD or or yourself, you do mm-hmm. truly have ADHD or undiagnosed or you just feel like you're exhausted or you're off, a really great um, way to try to support some of that and mm-hmm. uh, is, is adrenal health. So it really is mm-hmm. using some of those modulators for adrenal health mm-hmm. that I mentioned, yeah. um, the herbal remedies and then the vitamins and minerals. Yeah, that's so good. Um, okay, so here's a question that may be a challenge. Um, how does the <laughs> supporting adrenal health apply to new moms who are up all the time? Because <laughs> I'm like, I know all of this, but practically I don't get to sleep. <laughs> yeah, then that's that's the thing. Is like our bodies are so amazing. And I'll tell you, here, here's why. Your body was made to carry a baby. Your body was made to go through the postpartum challenges. Mm-hmm. Your body was made to do all of those things. And so rest is key. And I'll tell you, after I had my son, um, he's now four, my husband was working out of town. So for seven months, my husband was gone working mm-hmm. out of town and he'd come home for like two days at a time. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know innately I need to rest. But we don't get to because we still have all of our responsibilities and all the things to do. And and unfortunately, this day and age, although our bodies know, innately know that we are supposed to go through this postpartum period, mm-hmm. I don't think our bodies were ever built to handle all of the other responsibilities yeah. that we now put on our plate. Yeah. So. I am. That's, that's the fundamental thing. Mm -hmm. As I just said, that rest is so important. Mm -hmm. And so you can't supplement your way out. And so you've got to find help in the postpartum phase. You've got to find help so that you can get some of that extra added rest. Mm -hmm. That's so important. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And that's a good, like encouraging thing, I think for new moms to hear or for moms in general to hear. Um, Because like you said, well, even like I said at first, you know, we know like rest is important and then we can feel almost stressed. Like, well, I'm not getting enough rest because I'm getting up three times or two times a night. Um, but hearing like your body's made to do that. It's when you added 7,000 yes. other things to your plate and you're creating even more stress and cortisol spikes in your life um, that uh-huh. maybe you're going to tax yourself. But that's, yeah, that's encouraging. Um, okay. So I want to kind of shift a little bit, but it's still on topic. I know in some of your resources and on your Instagram account, you talk about the TH1 and TH2 immune responses. Can you explain what these are um, and how an imbalance of these responses can cause this? I mean, I'm sure there's a long explanation, but like give us the layperson, like here's a general idea of what this means <laughs> and then how can yes. an imbalance of these responses cause issues? Uh, so so the TH1 and TH2 immune balance I talk about often and I'll tell you why in a second, but 
Um, it, they're super complicated uh, parts of the immune system. And so I, I can tell you this, they are both so important and so necessary and we need them both. Although I poo poo one side and I'll tell you about it. Mm-hmm. Um, they, so one of them has to do with your intracellular immune defense mm-hmm. and the TH2 has to do with your extracellular immune defense. And when either of those are out of balance, we are out, our immune system's out of balance. So it's like a teeter-totter. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes TH2 will go up, mm-hmm. but then TH1 will eventually, because that's what our bodies do, but they know to do this, the TH1 immune system will come back up to meet it. Mm-hmm. And that's how the TH1 and TH2 balance should be or should look like. It should look like this teeter-totter of TH1 going up and TH2 coming down and then vice versa. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately now we're seeing, and I talk about TH2 um, overdrive often, Mm -hmm. is because we see environmental toxins. Um, Mm -hmm. Environmental toxins like glyphosate are now Mm -hmm. causing us to be in more of this TH2 dominant state. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can't, we can't get away from it. So my company, we third-party test glyphosate in every one of my Mm -hmm. products. And it's, it's in every one of your products. So it's Mm -hmm. just to what limit or what amount is acceptable. So you can't get away from it. So I'm not going to tell you to stay away from glyphosate. You can't get, you can't stay away from it, but it is driving that TH2 um, response and the TH2 part of your immune system is super important, but Mm -hmm. if it's in, if it's out of balance and it's in overdrive, you see more things like eczema, allergy, Mm -hmm. asthma, and, um, and, we see things like glyphosate, um, which is causing that TH2 dominance. And I talk about this a lot too with vaccines. So a vaccine is actually made with an adjuvant, um, aluminum, in mm-hmm. most of them. Mm-hmm. And aluminum is a TH2 inducer. Mm-hmm. So the more aluminum that we have in the body, the higher amount of TH2, mm-hmm. the more TH2 dominant state that we're going to be in. And so I do see a connection between eczema, allergy, and atypia with vaccines. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm not poo-pooing vaccines. I'm just mm-hmm. telling you this mm-hmm. is what the research shows mm-hmm. is that we see this dominant TH2 state. And a lot of kids, uh, a lot of kids who are exhibiting these chronic um, skin conditions, lung conditions, et cetera. So what I like to talk to parents about and adults as well is what we need to do is we need to try to balance out that TH1 and TH2. So we need to try to push that TH1 teeter-totter side. We need to try to push that TH1 up. Um, And so that's when we talk about immunomodulators. Mm -hmm. So these are nutrients or herbs that we use to try to, uh, uh, yeah, nutrients and herbs to push that TH1 pathway. Mm-hmm. So that's the TH1, TH2, is that they're both very important. <laughs> they're both very important. Mm-hmm. We see more TH2 dominance, mm-hmm. and we'd really like to not see that, mm-hmm. but it's just the current world that we're living yeah. in. Yeah, thank you for and- explaining what like can cause that imbalance, too. <laughs> I mean, you, I feel like you did a great job explaining something that's so complex and probably you know difficult to explain, so thank you for that. Um, and it's personally sure. really fascinating to me because I've had to dive into a lot of immune stuff recently and just specifically how it affects reproductive health. And I feel like that's a very niche area. Um, But that was a big area for me when I was going through recurrent pregnancy loss. And I'm still kind of trying to dig into what does this look like from like a natural way of, of supporting it while also like, you know, in the acute situation of trying to maintain a pregnancy, treating the issues. Um, so it's a really fascinating topic for me. And one of the things that they, that my immunologist was testing regularly throughout my pregnancy was my TH1 and TH2 uh, 
like numbers, you know, every like two weeks. And it was, I didn't even really know what that was. It was just like, cool. What, okay. And he would tell me what to do or adjust based on that. Um, yeah. So it's really helpful for me to understand that. And I'm sure, you know, most people haven't heard of it and to understand there's certain things environmentally and just in our, um, medicines or, you know, foods or whatever that can, can affect that is, I think really helpful information. And it's not to cause fear. Like you said, it's like, you can't avoid it, but just the awareness of it to make more informed decisions, I think is really important and really helpful. Oh, I love that you said that because why would, why would someone who's pregnant think about their immune system Mm -hmm. with regards to potentially losing um, the babe? Mm -hmm. And you have to keep in mind that our bodies are so smart and our immune system, like there's something growing in us. And we should kick it out. Mm -hmm. Like if there's something that's growing in us, like a tumor or something, our body usually tries to reject it and kick it out. That's the natural default position of the immune system. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting um, when I learned about this as well, Mm -hmm. is that our TH balance switches when we get pregnant or it's Mm -hmm. supposed to, Mm -hmm. and it's to be able to keep the baby. Mm -hmm. It's to be able to grow that baby inside you and let your immune system know hey, this is part of you. Mm -hmm. This isn't something foreign Mm -hmm. like a tumor that's growing in us. Mm -hmm. So that's why your doctor was running that TH1 and TH2 Mm -hmm. um, every couple of weeks, just to make sure that you are still continuing to see your baby as yourself. Your immune system needs to see your fetus as yourself. And if it doesn't, it'll try to kick it out. Right. And is it when there's dysfunction in that regard, and the, that balance is off. It sounds like that's essentially what it's doing. And it's probably recognizing there's someone else's DNA here too. This, this it's focused on the foreign part of it, not the part of that's part of you. Does that sound right? Uh-huh. Exactly. In a layperson's so term. <laughs> yeah. So that's why you're getting those tests done if you wow. have. Um, and so people who have had miscarriages in the past, mm-hmm. that is one of the focuses in one of the blood tests that the doctor should be running. So if anybody is listening and they have issues with infertility, yeah. one of one of the areas uh, that needs to be addressed is the immune system yes. and that TH1, TH2 delicate balance. Yeah. Yep. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. That like, yeah. even my immunologist didn't explain that to me that way. So that's fascinating. <laughs> I just knew he was testing him and telling me what to do. And I was so desperate. I was like, okay, cool. Sounds good. Um, so yeah, that sounds, that makes so much sense. That's so but you trust your doctor mm-hmm. and you trust mm-hmm. what they say. And if you yeah. do and you have that type of relationship with mm-hmm. your doctor, which I just am so passionate about doing with mm-hmm. all of my patients and all of the people who listen to anything I have to say is that relationship. You don't necessarily have to ask all of these kinds of questions like mm-hmm. this. You know, this is the nitty gritty. And, and now after the fact, now you get to kind of learn a little bit about it. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Okay. Now I have another question that's probably related to this TH1, TH2 thing. Sure. So one thing that I know the doctor that treats me personally for reproductive immunology, um, they often recommend going low carb. Do you think that's in any way tied to the glyphosate piece of it or no? No. Okay. I- it's just to balance and regulate your glu- glu- glucose ah, more tightly. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. I don't think I don't think the conventional model is talking about glyphosate yet. I'd like yeah, to see I wondered. it happen in like I wondered. ten years. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. um, but I, you know, it's just recent that the research is coming out on it, only because um, there was a huge lawsuit and a huge payout with regards to glyphosate. Yeah. So okay. I think more research is now being done. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I just thought that was kind of an interesting thought yeah. when you mentioned that. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and 
producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. So another question I have is um, supporting and boosting the immune system for those who are curious about that. What are some of the best natural ways, not necessarily supplements, but just like natural things we can do to help support our immune system? 
um, again, it's back to those foundational pieces mm-hmm. when we talked about adrenal health. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, stress management and sleep and exercise. Exercise actually helps to drive a TH1, TH2 modulation. So mm-hmm. when people aren't feeling well and I say, well, let's exercise more, they look at me again like I have two heads. Uh-huh. Like seriously, yeah. I am here. I have, I'm chronically ill mm-hmm. and you want me to go exercise? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want you to do a brisk walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anti-inflammatory diet. Um, that's another, that's another big one is that we want to, uh, inflammation is, is the immune system's way to, um, attack a foreign invader Mm -hmm. is an inflammatory response. Mm -hmm. And so we, we want to be ready for the, with those defenses when that happens. And so an anti-inflammatory diet where we're really working to, um, help support our, all of our systems and keep them in balance. Uh, I think that's important. And people ask, well, what is an Mm anti-inflammatory diet? Mm-hmm. How about nothing that's in a box or a bag? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, eat foods from the earth and mm-hmm. try to get, you know, your meats and cheeses from reputable sources. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the more free range and the more organic, the better. Mm-hmm. It's not always going to be um, available to you, mm-hmm. but eat from the earth. And that's what I try to explain to parents. That's that's where you're going to get that anti-inflammatory anti-inflammatory diet and rest is key. Mm-hmm. Um, meditation is key. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, my kids at a very young age learn to meditate. And mm-hmm. I think that's so important. Um, and you know, meditating to a kid is, you know, closing your eyes and laying on the floor mm-hmm. and just trying to be still mm-hmm. that's meditation to a kid. Mm-hmm. And so teaching those, teaching those things from an early age is going to be uh, super, super helpful with regards to helping support the immune system. Yeah. That's so good. So good. Okay. Another thing I want to ask about is you mentioned immune modulating. And so I want to ask, mm-hmm. what is the difference between immune <laughs> stimulating and immune modulating supplements? Because people probably hear immune support, right? And they're like, cool, I'm going to buy that. And it's like, what are you actually buying? And what are you actually taking? So can you just I walk know. us through the difference between you know a supplement or a, a resource that is immune stimulating versus immune modulating? Absolutely. Um, so think of immune stimulating as the attacker. Mm-hmm. So anything immune stimulating is going to go attack one a foreign invader. Mm-hmm. So if you have a cough or a cold, you're going to take something that's going to s- stimulate your immune system into action. Mm-hmm. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Mm-hmm. It's going to like make the immune system like more prone to be able to work mm-hmm. properly mm-hmm. during that acute phase. Mm-hmm. Immune modulating is think of defense. Mm -hmm. So it's all the vitamins, minerals, nutrients, herbs that you're going to do that help prime that immune system for a potential attack. Mm -hmm. So you'd think immune modulating is like immune support. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what I always recommend is that keep both. So Mm -hmm. keep both on hand. My favorite immune stimulating supplement is also immune modulating and that's echinacea. Mm -hmm. So I absolutely, I think everyone should have that in their cabinet. Mm -hmm. All parents should have it for themselves in their cabinet and all um, parents should have it in their kids in in the cabinet for their kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And the immune modulating um, uh, supplements that I always highly recommend. And I, I formulated these specifically based on the research mm-hmm. for immune modulators. Mm-hmm. And those are things like, again, echinacea. Mm-hmm. Probiotics are incredibly immune modulating. We talked about gut health mm-hmm. and we talked about the importance of gut health in the immune system. Mm-hmm. And so there's... Um, uh, uh, probiotics are super, super important when it comes to protecting you for a potential attack. Mm-hmm. Omega-3 
is incredibly important for balancing that TH1, TH2 in preparation for an attack. And then I actually formulated immunity boost and Mm. I put all of my favorite herbs in there. So it's astragalus and elderberry and echinacea. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are beautiful, beautiful herbs that help to focus on supporting the immune system for a potential uh, attack. So I say take that daily. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I recently formulated the essential immune support for infants and kids. Mm-hmm. I actually did this through COVID. Mm-hmm. So uh, frontline COVID doctors, mm-hmm. they put out this beautiful protocol and they researched all of it. Mm-hmm. And I actually put it into a formula for infants and kids. And that is vitamins A, C, D, zinc, quercetin, mm-hmm. glutathione, and bifidobacterium bifidum, which mm-hmm. is a beautiful strain of immune, um, a beautiful strain of an immune probiotic. Mm-hmm. So um, those are the ones. If if you had to ask, if if a parent came in and asked me, or if anybody asked me, um, what should I do to support my kid mm-hmm. this cold and flu season? Mm-hmm. First question I ask is. Is it an infant and are they breastfed? Mm-hmm. If it's an infant that's breastfed, I don't check. I don't generally recommend anything actually. Okay, um, maybe vitamin D. Mm-hmm. If it's a formula fed um, infant, I would recommend essential immune support, probiotic, and a fish oil. Mm-hmm. So those those is those are the three that I would recommend. In any kiddo, I would generally recommend those three: mm-hmm. essential immune support, um, probiotic, omega three, and immunity boost is what I would recommend. Now. Do my kids take these? Not regularly. Mm-hmm. And here's why. My kids are generally healthy. Mm-hmm. They don't get sick often. So if you have a kiddo that's generally well and doesn't get sick often, um, maybe you don't supplement. Mm-hmm. So it, it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just kind of be in tune with what, you, what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Take notice of maybe how your kids got through the fall and winter last year. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind that if your kiddo is sick between four and six times a year, they're completely healthy and that's completely normal. Mm. Yeah. That's good to know. Cause I think it is really freaky. Even if your kid gets sick once, you're like, I mean, my kid has been sick once in their life and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what do we do? You know? And it's so easy to freak (laughs) out. Yeah. Yes. Remember our immune systems need to play. Mm -hmm. So uh, they need, they absolutely need to play to work appropriately. Mm-hmm. And that's why we get sick. It's mm-hmm. okay to get sick. Mm-hmm. So even if you're, again, you can't supplement your way out of illness mm-hmm. and, and you're doing all of the supplements and all of the things and your kids still get sick four or five times in the winter. It's yeah. totally normal. So keep that okay, in mind. Good to know. That makes me really looking, that makes me really look forward to the winter. Thanks for that. Um, (laughs) But also that's actually good to know beforehand, you know, no one tells you that. So that's good. No, it's, it is totally okay. And so parents get super nervous um, Mm -hmm. when they're, when their kid gets sick and I totally understand why, but just know that it's supposed to happen. Like our immune systems are supposed to get to play. They're supposed to have the jungle gym experience. Yeah. That makes sense. (laughs) That's how they like exercise and get stronger. So yeah, makes sense. That's why probably why they say like, let your kids play in the dirt, you know, and like, let them be exposed to, to different microbes and different things to, to strengthen their immune system, to strengthen their, you know, gut microbiome, all of those things. I mean, it's like yeah. they have and to like exercise that. 
Yes. And keep in mind, so immune modulating and immune stimulating also is medicines too. So if Mm -hmm. you're taking a corticosteroid or if you're getting allergy shots or Mm -hmm. if you're taking a vaccine, those all are immune stimulating or immune modulating options Mm -hmm. as well. So it's not just supplements Mm -hmm. or nutrients or herbs. Mm -hmm. Um, We also do this in conventional medicine to Mm -hmm. be able to get the immune system to do what it needs to do whenever it needs to do it, depending Mm -hmm. on what the current complication or or diagnosis. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. So another question I have is speaking specifically about like treatment. Um, I think as we talk about the immune system, it can also be helpful to touch on the use of Tylenol. This is something I think a lot of parents reach for, especially if there's fever or we see the immune system, you know, responding and therefore having a fever. Can you explain what glutathione is and how Tylenol affects glutathione in the body? Sure. So this is complicated too, but I'm going to give you the super basic. Um, think of glutathione as literally the king or the master antioxidant in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, it is made by the liver. It's made in the liver mm-hmm. and it goes around and it quenches pathogens and free radicals. Mm-hmm. So all, all of the things that aren't supposed to be there, that's what glutathione does. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Tylenol is used when a kid has a fever or they're not feeling well, while glutathione is out there doing its job mm-hmm. and it's working and it's like trying to quench all of these pathogens and all of these issues that are going on in the body. Mm-hmm. When you take a dose of Tylenol, the mechanism of action blows glutathione down. Mm-hmm. It just completely eats up all the glutathione. Mm-hmm. And so I just find it fascinating that back in the day when they created Tylenol, they didn't know this about glutathione. Mm-hmm. So why Tylenol is still in the market? Mm-hmm. I can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. So think about this. Someone overdoses on Tylenol. Mm-hmm. Do you know how to save their life when you take them to the hospital? Mm-hmm. They get an IV of N-acetylcysteine, which is the precursor to glutathione. Mm-hmm. So your glutathione, when it plummets to zero, you die. And wow. that's what happens in a Tylenol overdose. Yep. Wow. So the way that we combat a Tylenol overdose in the hospital is making your body make glutathione again by mm. giving it N-acetylcysteine. Wow. So that's fascinating. So when parents are dosing Tylenol to their kids, uh-huh. they're that master antioxidant that's supposed to be doing its job to help take care of whatever the virus or bacteria mm-hmm. is that's mm-hmm. invading your kiddo, you've just now taken that ability away from the immune system or away from the body. Yeah. So the body doesn't actually get to do its job. Wow. So Mike, I think the follow-up question, a lot of people wonder, like, what is a better thing to give if a child is absolutely miserable? Like, what do you do, you know, in an acute care type situation ver- instead of something like Tylenol? What do you typically recommend to, par- to parents? Two things. So generally Tylenol is given because the parent's nervous about the fever. Mm-hmm. So the temperature is too high. Mm-hmm. They see their kid has 102 fever and they get nervous. Mm-hmm. Um a fever in and of itself is not a reason to give Tylenol. Mm-hmm. So unless the fever is so high and the it's not necessarily about how high, it's about looking at the kid. Are they lethargic? Are they responsive? Mm-hmm. Um, those are things that you'll look at with regards to fever. And Shan Tripp, she's a uh, nurse. She has really great information on fever. Mm-hmm. So if, if you ever want to check that out, um, when to when to take your kid in for a fever. Mm-hmm. But in, in lieu of Tylenol, because Tylenol will just bring down the fever. Mm-hmm. And and if your kid doesn't need the fever brought down, mm-hmm. um, then you're not going to dose Tylenol. Mm-hmm. If there's pain involved and a headache and they're agitated and irritable, that is generally when you would want to give something. Mm-hmm. So you can start 
the natural route. Mm -hmm. So you can do herbal routes. And I specifically formulated my infant and kid nature profen Mm -hmm. as like an alternative to ibuprofen. Mm -hmm. And I also formulated an infant and kid temperature tamer, Mm -hmm. which is a natural alternative to Tylenol. Mm -hmm. So think of herbs like yarrow, spilanthes, turmeric, lemon balm, elderflower, catnip, chamomile. Those are all potentially sedating herbs that help to calm a child. And they're all of those are completely safe for infants and kids. Mm. Um, if that's not touching it, um, and I believe, I wholeheartedly believe in conventional medicine as mm. well, just mm. as much as I believe in natural medicine. And there mm. are times when you're like, all right, these herbs aren't working. Mm. Most of the time they do work. But if they don't, I would more be more inclined to reach for something like an ibuprofen mm. um, for a kid. Now, obviously under six months of age, we dose Tylenol. Mm. And so if Tylenol has to be used or it is necessary, there are things that you can do to help bring those glutathione levels back up. Mm. Okay. That's good to know. So if it's like a last ditch effort, you don't want to just give the Tylenol. You also want to take steps to try to bring those glutathione back up. Yep. There's a really, well, you can, you can do like a liposomal glutathione, Mm -hmm. which is a supplement. It tastes absolutely awful. I cannot get infants or kids to take it. (laughs) Um, And, (laughs) and the other option, there's a lot of really great research on increasing glutathione levels, both intracellular and extracellularly with vitamin C. Hmm. Interesting. Liquid vitamin C is if, if I dose Tylenol, Mm -hmm. which I don't know if I've actually ever dosed it in either of my kids, but for patients, if, if Tylenol is dosed and mom calls me and says, all right, I got to dose Tylenol. Every one of my patients know they have vitamin C in their cabinet. Mm-hmm. Then they dose vitamin C with the Tylenol. Do you recommend like a liquid version of that? It, if, if it's a infant, obviously yes. Mm-hmm. And I have a liquid vitamin C that's for infants, kids, and adults. Mm-hmm. And if it's an older um, kiddo or adult, mm-hmm. then you can do vitamin C chewables, capsules, um, you just want to get hefty doses in. So therapeutic doses, not necessarily what the FDA gives as a recommended daily allowance. Mm, gotcha. Okay. Interesting. That's actually really good to know. I'm like, okay, add to cart. <laughs> good to know. <laughs> no, really. Cause like, it's true. Like we all, I think a lot of moms, especially in the more holistic kind of space have heard Tylenol is not the greatest thing and we'd rather avoid it, but understanding why. And then if you really do need to end up using it or, you know, a version of it, I know there's like a cleaner version on the market. I'm not sure what your thought is on that, but if you have to use something in that, in that realm to, you know, try to, tr- to support your kid and make them more comfortable or whatever it might be, the question of, well, then what do I do to kind of counteract the downsides of that? You know, I think a lot of people just avoid, hold on, let me start over. Did you hear that? <laughs> I heard a beep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, hold on. One sec. I'm trying to turn my do not disturb on. One sec. My mother's blowing me up. I need to turn off my do not disturb. Okay. <laughs> I thought I had it on, but I guess not. Uh, sorry, mom. Okay. Um, okay. Let me back up there. Yep. I think this is really good to know ultimately, you know, because I think a lot of moms in the more holistic space or who may have dug into some of this know that Tylenol probably isn't the best, you know, thing to give. They've heard downsides, but, and it's almost like, oh my gosh, it's scary. I don't want to touch it. But it's also helpful to know like, okay, if I do have to use that or is recommended that I use that, what can I do to kind of counteract some of the negative effects of that versus like guilting myself and just feeling terrible and not actually taking any proactive steps. So I think, um, 
that's a really helpful uh, explanation as to not only the mechanism on how it works and where it can cause issues, but then also how we can try to be a little bit uh, proactive on how to counteract that. So thank you. That's very helpful. I have to say, I think that social media has been really great for education, but I also think social media is very problematic mm-hmm. with fear-mongering mm-hmm. and scaring parents. Right, because there'll just be so, a post on why Tylenol's bad, and there's no like, and here's what to do instead, you know, or here's how to go about, yeah, it, I totally agree. Right, so Tylenol has its place when it's necessary, mm-hmm. and I try to teach parents that, look, if you're dosing Tylenol, don't feel guilty. It's absolutely okay. Here are some things that you can do mm-hmm. to help combat like the side effects, potential side effects, like you said. Mm-hmm. So there is a place for conventional medicine. I wholeheartedly believe that we should be using both and not freaking out that, oh God, I can't use Tylenol because some influencer told me right. that it reduces glutathione levels. Right. Although you're staring at your kid, they're sicker than yeah. a dog. Yeah. When I'm sick and uncomfortable, I want to take something. Uh-huh. So why are you keeping your kid miserable right. just because some influencer told you don't use Tylenol? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so keep in mind, and you did, um, I think you mentioned like a cleaner version mm-hmm. of Tylenol. People ask me all the time mm-hmm. about Genexa. Yeah. I like Genexa. Genexa is Tylenol. Mm-hmm. So keep in mind, they're using the same active ingredient. Uh-huh. They're just not using the dyes or the flavorings mm-hmm. that are associated with the regular Tylenol. Mm-hmm. So they're both, they're, they're both the same active ingredient. Genexa just has a cleaner version of it. So um, parents say, oh, but wait, you're, why are you against Genexa? One, I'm not against Genexa. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, it's still acetaminophen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so keep, keep that in mind yeah. that if you are going to dose, if you are going to dose Tylenol, mm-hmm. dose Genexa, and then you don't have the dyes and the additives mm-hmm. um, and the flavorings associated. Okay. Yeah. That's really beneficial to know. Cause I think a lot of people think like, Oh, Genexa is like a clean thing. So it's more natural. It's not Tylenol. It's like, no, it is. It just doesn't have the, some of the icky <laughs> ingredients that a lot of Tylenol, but a lot, there's it's, like a dye-free Tylenol now too. So it's not that different. No, it's the European. I'll say that Genexa reminds me of what would be a European version of Tylenol if they mm, have one. Yeah. Like Europe gets, Europe has banned, you know, all of the additives and they've mm-hmm. banned the color dyes and they've banned certain flavorings. And, mm-hmm. and so that's what Genexa is to me. It's the European version of Tylenol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Wow. Fascinating. Last question I have is speaking kind of to what we just touched on a little bit, I would love to hear what you would say to the mom who wants to do everything naturally, but comes across a health issue where conventional medicine or treatment is needed. How might you speak to her frustration, guilt, or maybe even fear when the natural approaches aren't working? Uh, So the first thing I would say is um, don't set yourself up to fail. And by saying that it's, you're going to need conventional medicine. That's just, that's just how it is. You're not going to be able to get away with raising a child without conventional medicine. So without regular medicines. So be realistic and be understanding that they both work. It's kind of like the neuroimmune system. Mm-hmm. Uh, conventional medicine and natural medicine have a symbiotic, beautiful relationship together, and they both are necessary at times. And so keep mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Yeah. Is that I I use conventional medicine with my kids and I use natural medicine. It's not an all or nothing. It's not an anti and pro. So I'm, I'm kind of tired of seeing the anti and I'm kind of tired of seeing the pro on social media with everything in life, um, that it's gotta be one way 
or nothing. And nothing in life is one way or nothing. And it's the same with, with taking care of your kids and raising them. Um, my kids eat McDonald's, but they also eat grass-fed, pasture-raised beef that we got to say hi to and love on before um, they they went to slaughter. So we we do both. We we raise our food in the ground and we eat beautiful foods, but we also do the actually we don't do McDonald's. My daughter likes to think we do, but we will do you know Chick Fil A, which is probably not that much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so so keep in mind that it's all about balance, and it's. I, I talk about this. It's living that 80-20 lifestyle or that 70-30 lifestyle, 70% clean and mean or 80% clean and mean and, and from the ground and natural and herbal. And then 20 or 30%, you know, enjoy enjoy yourself or don't mm-hmm. uh, don't sweat the small stuff. Mm-hmm. If you do use if you do use conventional medicine or if you do give your kid French fries. Or if you do put your kid in a public school because now everyone's poo-pooing the public mm-hmm. school system and everyone should be homeschooled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's so much to be said about raising your kid in balance. Mm-hmm. And so you too, you too, as a mom or a father, like have that balance within you as well. That mm-hmm. it's okay to do a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um and, and receive the same outcome. Mm-hmm. Your kid's gonna grow up healthy and strong and well. You know, whether you use seven bouts of Tylenol or three rounds of antibiotics or not. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just keep that in mind. And there are all there are things now. If you do a round of antibiotics, then we support you with probiotics for four to six months. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the cool thing about research and about where we are today in society is that we have things that we can do as parents if some of these conventional medical treatments are necessary. Mm-hmm. We can yeah. follow it up with something natural yeah. to help support the system for later. Yeah, that's good. Super helpful. Yeah. And very encouraging <laughs> and validating <laughs> for so many of us moms. We're like, ah, I want to do it all right. Um, okay. Well, I just want to say thank you for everything that you've shared. Like, I feel like you've just done such a great job of walking us through how this can work and also making it make sense to someone who hasn't studied this in detail. So thank you for um, giving us that just really great education in a quick 45 minutes or so. Um, I would love to just, you know, point people in the direction of where they can learn more from you. So can you share where we can find you online? and where we can check out some of the resources you mentioned, including um, some of the herbals and and support that you provide and and the shop you have. I'm just, I'm already like personally browsing it. So I'd love if you can just share where we can find you (laughs) and, and maybe take advantage of some of your resources too. Oh, thank you so much. So you can find me at drgreenmom.com. That's our main website. I have over 250 free articles to you, all about vaccines, all about raising your kid in line with the way nature intended the best you can. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have a ton of free information on that website. We also have, I think, almost over 100 supplements and Mm -hmm. skincare available. I formulated every one of them. Um, So they're all doctor formulated. They're all third-party tested. I am astute about making sure that we have heavy metals and glyphosate tested in every one of our products. Uh, We have all microbials tested. We manufacture in a CGMP and FDA registered facilities. I am a huge advocate for that, especially any supplement for infant and kids Mm -hmm. really needs to come from one Mm -hmm. of those Mm -hmm. um, types of manufacturing. Uh, I have a really cool resource that I actually don't talk about a lot. Mm -hmm. It's Mm drgreenmomvip.com. We have about a thousand members and it is literally an entire warehouse of protocols. Mm -hmm. So 
whatever you are looking for, whether it's hand, foot, mouth or eczema, mm. um, the influenza, the flu, mm-hmm. uh, we have protocols and home, home treatments and protocols, um, for all, for all of that. So, uh, that is at drgreenmomvip.com. You can find me on Instagram awesome. at drgreenmom. We have a, a new website launching in two weeks, it is going to be drgreenlife.com. Hmm. That is where all of our supplements will be housed. So awesome. you can get there at doctor. You can get there by going to drgreenmom.com. So I love it. That's awesome. What yeah. a great resource. I mean, I just have to say to you, for those who are listening, one of the things that I really was blessed by one of your resources was your vaccine strategy guide when our, when we're first. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Literally like the best thing ever. I love how you do such a great job of sharing the facts. It's not, it's really well done from like a neutral standpoint so that women and families and parents have all the information, you know, about the risks of the disease, the the benefits and pros and cons of the actual vaccine and to be able to really make an educated decision. Because I think what's so hard in today's world is like, there's really strong opinions on social media and, with good reason, that's fine. But the problem is we have a really hard time finding like, okay, well, what are the actual facts and who's sharing these facts? Are they from the perspective of of a doctor? Are they just, you know, a person's opinion? And um, I think it's helpful to hear other people's stories and experiences, but being able to kind of have a a one size or not a one size, a one place for a lot of their research and data and facts um, that's really easily, not only, not only really well laid out, but really easily, easy to digest and to, to consume and understand just makes it a lot easier to have that conversation with your partner, to have those conversations with your physicians, to go into your physician's office with the right questions, with you know, armed with knowledge, not just being told one thing or another. Um, and it's just a really well done resource. So I was really blessed by it. Our family was really blessed by it. I often recommend it. So thank you for creating that. Uh, and for anyone listening and who has you. kids or is about to have kids, <laughs> go take that, go get that. <laughs> you know, I, 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 that was like my passion project a few years ago was at vaccinestrategy.com. And I find that Physicians now, most pediatricians are turning parents away who choose to do a delayed schedule or choose not to vaccinate for their own personal reasons. Um, And so, and the reason why so many are getting turned away is because they don't know how to have that conversation with their doctor. They don't know how to say, wait, well, here's the safety studies and wait, here is is the outcomes and why the government is paying out so many of these who are vaccine injured. So it's nice that there's two perspectives. I believe in informed consent. And as a physician, all physicians, um, that is part of our oath is informed consent. So I inform the patient on both all of the positives Mm -hmm. and all of the potential negatives. Mm -hmm. And I remain neutral. Mm -hmm. This is not up to me. This should be up to the parent. Mm -hmm. You know, this is your child. I don't know your child except for the 30 minutes I see them every couple months. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a decision up to you. And so I made that resource and I created that resource so that parents really could at the very end of going through all of it, make their own decision. I don't want to tell you what schedule to do. I don't want to tell you which vaccines to do when. I I think it's important that you get to make that decision based on your own family and your own circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for all the just beneficial resources, education, and information that you put out there. And thank you for taking the time to sit down with me and share this with my community. I know so many families will be blessed by it. Yay, thank you so much. I am so inspired by you, and I am so thankful that you even offered this opportunity uh, for me to come on and speak with you. This is really cool. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks so much. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. 
So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content, and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.